Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent breed is people! TalkSTL.com Real Spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 314, Mother. This is weird. 3.14 Pi Aronofsky. Mm. That is. That could not have worked <laughs> out better. Like, that is pretty funny. The, just for people that aren't art house snobs, Darren Aronofsky's first film was called Pi, and uh, and all dealt around. It's the number, yeah, Pi, right? Three point one four, totally. So I mean, just the fact that mm. that worked out, that's pretty interesting. I did like that movie. Yeah, that and, was a movie. Like for the, it's kind of funny though. From the beginning, his career was has been one of those movies where like he's gonna draw a line, and yeah. you're gonna be on one side <laughs> of it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's how he makes him. Also, to note, before we get into things, we're recording this on a Sunday. Also seems very fitting for this film. And we recorded this on Mother's Day. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but... We didn't see the movie six months ago. Yes. Yeah. Before we delve in, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Dan. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Joe is still out on riot duty. And that's a shame. I would have really... Oh, I would have... We're going to miss the Joe Really enjoyed his take on this film. I would have, too. I, I think this would have been a interesting conversation interesting I know. yeah i thought for one that he's gonna miss when he doesn't usually miss movies yeah. snappier i'm like oh it would have been great to have him i just think it would have been funny to make him watch this movie yeah because he would have gone into this thinking it was a horror movie <laughs> and he's kind of the horror movie guy of the, yeah of the crew yeah yeah and he would have been i would have loved the, to have heard i just wanted his reaction after yeah. he got out of the theater because <laughs> he always messages us on the thing like after he sees a movie yeah. especially one that's like WTF, you know, he'll go yeah. on and be like, he'll tell us what he thought of it and yeah. just be right away, and uh, it would have been fun. My reaction, uh, with, this is fun because I like this. Let's start with this. My reaction to the, as I, I was like, huh, that was it. My reaction, <laughs> literally, I said this out loud, what the fuck? My reaction was, is this over yet? I was so, I, I, <laughs> when it was over? What no? Well, I, what was I, I was ha- oh when it was over. I was like oh I can leave now. Thank you. Yeah. Like I I mean honestly like I I I uh I was just bored. I I was I, I wasn't offended. I wasn't appalled. I wasn't shocked or outraged. I was just bored. I I actually I found myself enjoying the fact that this was such a massive head fake of what they have presented to people you know i would feel that way if i felt like it was intentional on the part of the filmmaker i don't feel no yeah i feel like this is the studio yeah that that marketing oh, yeah. was this oh. was that wasn't aronofsky saying no let's tell people it's one thing yeah. and then give them another that was the studio going sweet baby jesus we thought you know we had a Jer- jennifer lawrence movie right and literally sweet baby did jesus it, did yeah. He, yeah he did um did he was aronofsky or david Roth? who did the fighter no, it's not the fighter. He the did the wrestler. wrestler. Hey, the wrestler. The yeah. wrestler's the probably... The fighter was David, David Russell. Russell. Right. Right. Because, like, there was a... 
a weird like cross path moment between yeah. on yeah. that movie because I think Aronofsky was originally going to do it or vice versa. Interesting. Anyway, the, yeah, the he rest, did the wrestler. The wrestler is probably his most accessible film. Yes. and one of his best films from a yeah from a it's it's a, a it's traditional a very, it's film a solid, standpoint. It's yeah. such a good. It's a very movie. straightforward film. Yeah, I would say it's a good movie. Like it's yeah. a good film, yeah. but it's also a good movie where general audiences yeah. would go and be like, "That was good." But like know? this, like and then Black Swan, Black which. Started to like get back into like where his his yeah. comfort zone, which is the this is an art house movie, yeah. And this is an art this is an art house movie, and it's this, an art house movie. and this is everything I hate about art house movies. I was, <laughs> and I and I and I feel this bad. This is Terrence Malick. This is oh, this is Peter Gr- Greenaway. Sophia Coppola. This is yeah. like the Pillow Book or the the yeah. Cook, the Thief, the Wife, his wife. This is yeah. Lars, Lars, Lars von Trier. Trier. This Lars is that von type Trier. of like, art house is cinema. Deep and. Absolutely. This is like the dark web of art house yeah. movies. And what's <laughs> frustrating is that I feel badly for the people that were tricked into seeing this movie because because they were tricked into seeing an art house movie. You took an element of people that don't normally see art house movies and you showed them an art house movie. Yeah. And now they're going to the next time there's an quote unquote art house movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not that isn't. This right, they're not gonna want to go because they're like, <laughs> no, I've seen an art yeah. house movie and it's not for me. Yeah, and and Which is, it is unfortunate because and, because art house ultimately is not a genre; it's a location, yeah. and yeah. and and, uh, and so it's 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 unfair. In the same way, when you say, well, it's a comic book movie, well, you know, Road to Perdition was also a comic yeah, book, right? True. Like that's not you know, they're not all superheroes, but right, but uh, but it's become. A genre for a lot of people and I feel like this movie ultimately only serves to hurt other smaller independent filmmakers Shaun of the Dead was an art house movie yeah you know when that came out it was like good luck finding that that was only at the independent I think probably a better way to put it is independent you go to see independent cinema at the art house but it's an independent film no studio and it just happened that after working with Paramount on Noah somehow because there was a big clash with Aronofsky and his vision of Noah and with Paramount and somehow him and Paramount put this movie out so yeah I this movie I am like how many screens did this open on because this movie, I mean, just to, this is not as it's presented. It is presented as Rosemary's Baby. Right. I mean, it's Literally sold. a poster is a parody. It looks of, like Rosemary's Baby. They've, they kind of like, I mean, you're, you know, everything I, you know, I, it, I've since watched the trailers. I didn't see any trailers going in, so I was kind of like, eh. uh, But seeing, the, watching the trailers out, I'm like, holy crap, they were really pitching this as, as yeah. something else. 2,300 plus screens. That's a lot a pretty of big screens opening. for a movie that, you know, normally would be on like 400. It's, it, it honestly, right? and I, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, it. no, it, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think you can put it any other way besides it's a bait and switch. Oh, yeah. totally. There, there, I mean, it's just, I don't care if you think it's good, if you're a, right. if you're a, you know, if you're an art house guy, if you're a, a film guy, whatever. I'm, that's not what I'm arguing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you can argue this isn't a bait and switch because totally the, the marketing is completely, it's a different movie than you see, right? Well, it's pretty much a bait and switch. And I mean, that's why the cinema score is an F. On Rotten Tomatoes, I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've seen IMDb, but audiences forty three percent liked it, and that that's just general movie going audiences because they were expecting what they saw in the trailers. They were expecting a Jennifer Lawrence horror home invasion yeah, thriller right. movie, yeah. she's and got they, the Katniss, you know, she got the Katniss uh, ponytail going yeah. on. You think, well, okay, um, get out that bow and arrow. 
Yeah, I from doing some research. So I I saw this movie on Tuesday. So I saw this movie five days ago, and I've been thinking about it since, but for a different reason than Dan. I've been trying to figure out if I'm missing something because I wanted to know because my reaction, my WTF reaction at the end, I I'm just like what I just I wanted more from it. I see. My react. I guess that I my re my WTF reaction wasn't at the end. It was almost instantly. Yeah. Like, almost from the beginning, I was like, ugh. Oh, see, we got one of these. See, because I didn't feel that way, though, yeah. because I thought it was interesting until I figured out that nothing mattered that was happening, right? That it was all just this fever dream. So, in the beginning, when it was like, here's this mysterious relationship in this mysterious house, and Jennifer Lawrence is dealing with these weird, supernatural-seeming things, I'm like, I want answers. I want to know what's going on. Like, I was totally into it. It's the book of Genesis. Right. I mean, <clears throat> that's what it is, right? I, I, you know, but you don't know point. that until you. Wa- I mean, you. No, when he says I am I, I'm like, yep, okay. Just wanted some confirmation. I guess they threw that in there just to make sure it's like, oh, he's God. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, as you go on, that's what I'm saying is, yeah. I, just so I spoiler. This is the book of Genesis. This, this, yeah. the we entire, have Adam and Eve. We have Cain yeah. and Abel. The entire thing's a biblical allegory. Adam's rib. So yeah. as you go on, though, like you don't know that until you see it. No. So like first 20, 30 minutes, I'm like, it's okay, very, this well, is an uncom- uncomfortable movie. And, yeah. and honestly, for me, it was like, there were certain things I was like, too many people in the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, I was like, whoa, yeah. too many strangers. Oh, sure. And I will I will say one thing that I really appreciated, uh, among other things, is is Jennifer Lawrence's performance I thought was phenomenal. She's, she is actually I think I this, pretty good. In this. I think this is probably the best thing she's ever been in. Not not best thing. I think this is her best performance from Jeez. her emotion, her stress. Uh, the movie, I think Aronofsky himself said, is 55 minutes of close-ups of her face. Yeah, it is all... Uh, of I a two-hour movie. One of the League of Show Shares pointed out, it's either from her point of view or in her point yeah. of view. Like a, a, You never leave... There's a lot of camera like at her where she's center frame, and I, it's... I yeah. thought she was amazing. Her performance, I can appreciate. Tom, since you didn't like the movie at all... No, you... I mean, I, I think the, the actors weren't given much to work with. Yeah. And... They and they elevated what they were given, you know, because it was very stilted dialogue. It was very stylized. Mm-hmm. It was um, there was um, there wasn't continuity in the film. Like there was, you know, there were things that, like, if in another movie you would, you know, because because the movie's an allegory, and just you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I hate allegories i think it's lazy boring <laughs> yeah. boring storytelling and and it's 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 just it's always just kind of very navel gazing to me that it's like hey i created this puzzle but the only purpose of this puzzle is that it's a puzzle right it's it's a I, huge deus ex machina yeah you yeah. can explain away anything in this movie where you go but well the and the what right. oh no it's a biblical allegory yeah, yeah. so that's your cop out because yeah, like when, anything can be explained because when you first meet ed harris's character he's like oh he's a doctor i met him at the hospital and then like two scenes later he's talking like he's never met the guy yeah and then then when when the when the one brother dies and they go to the they go to the hospital and then they all come back wearing funeral clothes like and they even there's a, even a line of dialogue where they say they they've just returned it's from hours the hospital. later it's yeah. hours later yeah. and they're but they they also have just left a funeral and so it's it is very dreamlike in right. that it's the kind of things that only make sense in the dream and 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 I I said to somebody I'm like oh I might have been you I was like it's like 
It's, it's like when someone's trying to describe a dream to you, and the more they talk about it, the more they realize how little sense it it's making, right. and the less sense it makes, the more they talk about it to try and make it make sense, and the more they do that, the more you realize you wish they had shut the fuck up 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like, that's what this movie was for me. Yeah, I can see that. It would be frustrating. So, and, and so, before it even got to, like, its quote-unquote crazy part which to me never really played all that crazy because i was like i knew that i i mean i could just tell that this thing was going to go off the rails that yeah. that's where we were headed that it was going to go that that this was a one-way ticket to crazy town like I, I i could i could just sense that from having seen other like cr- like antichrist and movies like that and it's so art house formula yeah. yeah the first one third to two thirds starts out as a normal movie then it goes crazy in the third act yeah that it's, is it's, the formula it slowly ramps up the crazy yeah. and this and this movie did this is melancholia as, lars van trier it's just it's like what's going on yeah. and all of a sudden crazy like right. it's just that's what it is you yeah know? and so i i i just like i wasn't shocked or appalled like it was just it you know I will say the execution of the crazy had this been in a movie that actually made sense or was an actual story with a plot. Yeah. I think it was executed beautifully. I think the craziness mm-hmm. looked amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think the oh, yeah, camera no, work. They filmed. So a little background on the set design. They filmed this movie at two locations. The house was built out in a field so they could get natural daylight during the daytime scenes. It shows. The entire house was built in a field. Then they built the entire house, not just like one room, the entire house. They built in a soundstage so they could do the craziness for mm-hmm. the third act. Yeah. So they put a lot of time into it, and there were no moving of walls. There were no fake walls that a camera sat behind. Mm-hmm. Everything crazy that goes down in this movie happens in the confined space of the house that you see. There's no right. trickery. So from a technical perspective, it's a beautiful-looking movie. It's executed incredibly well. But in the end, I'm I'm in Tom's boat where when it's just an allegory and none of it actually makes sense because it's a fever dream, it's like, oh, that that eliminates my joy of everything I saw because there's no... And just to be clear, I want to clarify something you're saying. Yeah. Like, you're referring to it as a fever dream. You know that the movie is not a dream. It's not a dream. Right. Like, right. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. so for the listeners, I know that you know that it's yeah. not a dream. I just want to make sure, oh, that, no. sure. Like, that people listening know that you know it's not a dream. They don't wake up and it was a dream. Right, right. It was, uh, this is Aronofsky's fever dream. This right. is, he, yeah. he came up and, with this And the movie has days. a very, like I said, it has a very dreamlike yes, yes, quality yes. to it in terms yeah. of, like, the way things kind of don't, like, they kind of make sense, but kind of don't. Well, I mean, yeah, it starts out, we see a woman, and we're like, Huh. Yeah. Who's that? That's not Jennifer Lawrence. Well, she's burnt. I mean, and you don't know, Jennifer though. Lawrence. I mean, she's no, completely burnt. And, yeah, but no, how would you... actress is not Jennifer Lawrence. No, no, I understand, no. but how would you know that when she's burnt and no, bloody no, no. and fire? The one who's on fire? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like Jennifer oh, Lawrence. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just, then, I'm was, like, that's not Jennifer did Lawrence. Did you know in the beginning that wasn't Jennifer? I don't know. She was all burnt and stuff. I didn't know who that was. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I, sorry. I can't okay. break the tie. So, uh, but just like at the end, it's like, and then at the end, so basically we see three mothers in this movie, and it's like, in retrospect it makes sense now but But, you see a flaming you see a woman on fire you know and then you see javier bardem sit down at a table with this crystal it's like a crystal with this red move like living Mm -hmm. like almost like a lava it looks like lava yeah it's like like a diamond with a live glowing light inside exactly and And he sets it in a a a holder and the house goes from like a rundown decrepit house Mm -hmm. through the seasons there's dead leaves that that sink into again visually burned house 
yeah yeah it's destroyed but you see like leaves and things and they sink into the floor and the mantle and then the house comes alive again it it looked to me it looked like it was going through four seasons before i had seen it Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh it's a we're going back in time to find out why it is on fire right Mm -hmm. so i thought we were reversing time and the house was restored to its normal you know that's how i took it or it was like a flashback like this is how we got this this is exactly that's what i thought so so and then it goes to jennifer lawrence waking up in a bed and she says baby and yeah. and uh, Javier Bardem, her husband, who is a poet, is not next to her. So she goes and she wanders around the house. And just to be clear, these characters don't have names. Here's a general rule of thumb. Right. When the main characters in a movie are called her and him, it's a pretentious piece of shit. Like, that's pretty much shorthand <laughs> and, and, for uh, pretentious. Ed Harris's man and yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's woman. Let's let's clarify. And then here's, there's Cain and Abel. Here's my official, uh, my official review of, of that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's clarify, Tom. Mu- Jennifer Lawrence's lowercase mother, Javier yeah. Bardem plays capital him, or, yeah. right? Yeah. Him. Uh-huh. Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are man, man and, and woman. woman. Um, and then yeah. uh, the Gleason boys are, are brother, older brother, younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Those are their character names. So, but no one in the movie refers to anybody by a name. These right. are all credit names. Right. See, Just, you know, I, at the beginning, I thought that something was being undone because. When he was putting the thing in, he was all dirty. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make me... F- I didn't think things were going back in time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. a flashback would make him not dirty, though, because he'd be clean. You know what I mean? Right. I thought it was going to the beginning when he wouldn't have been dirty. Right. So it would be the same thought. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, hmm. Yeah. But I, like I said, I hadn't seen anything on this, so it's kind of right. like... Except but for the, the poster. But the trailer doesn't give anything away either. That trailer where it seems horrific and suspenseful, again, I'm not a trailer guy. I don't like to watch them. But when I saw it, I just appreciated the, the 80s look of it and the voiceover guy. Like, I still... I didn't really learn anything from the trailer. So yeah. if you saw the trailer, you would have been like... Yeah, you wouldn't have been spoiled. My wife was like, that horror movie? I go, yeah, yeah it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Horrible? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not a horrible, horrible movie. movie. Yeah, so so they live. But I, you know, one of the things that frustrates me, like with the whole allegory angle, is that bec- because it's an allegory, but they don't tell you that going in, and they get that they don't want to tell you that. But but the downside of that is you spend a lot of time questioning things yeah. that you wouldn't question had you known that when they're like, "This guy is a world famous poet." Okay, right. there's no such thing. I'm sorry, right. but there's no such thing as a modern day world. Name a famous poet. Maya Angelou. Uh, name a famous living poet. Well, not now, but right? Kelly was. Allen, but that, but that was it, right? Yeah. I mean, that was that pretty much stops and starts with Maya Angelou for <laughs> for famous living poets, and she's right. not alive anymore. So it's like <laughs> the idea that like the paparazzi are showing no, up I know, on, I on a poet's doorstep because there he's written a new. There's a lot of things you're like. I'm just like, what? That this is not a thing. Something like, smells funny. None of that's not a. Th- See, I. I didn't catch initially that he was a poet. I thought he was just yeah. an author. Yeah. For, and doing reading and eventually right. I right. figured it out. But So I, it was more believable for me because I thought he was a famous author of like a book series. or right, you know, right. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even connect the poet thing. So that's why it was a little more believable. But one thing to take note of. So Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence's mother never wears shoes. She's connected to this house. She's always touching the house. She's barefoot for the entire movie. They were going to have her wear shoes, I read, but they didn't think that the connection would be there without her, you know, seeing the feet walking right. on the floor. She's she's constantly touching the walls and the house has a heartbeat. Yeah. 
So you see in the beginning mm-hmm. when she first touches the wall, and this is again where I thought there was like some, again, thinking it was a horror thriller. I thought there was some supernatural element with that living house right. and, and that. So I'm like, oh, the, what is the answer to this? If I knew it was an allegory, I would have viewed it differently. But this is where my frustration comes in as well. Right. Because I'm trying to figure out why is the house alive? Why right. is the basement creepy and the wall is mortared over? What is that yellow thing she's drinking? I'm constantly trying to find answers to a movie that has no answers. Right. Because the entire purpose of the movie yeah. was just to be an allegory. So... And I say just, I'm not saying he didn't accomplish his allegory, but when you're going into it trying to see a horror film and trying to see a plot with things that maybe have an answer, and you find out that it's an allegory where everything can be explained with, you know, what? why did these people jump around and change, do whatever? Oh, it was an allegory. Like, right. it's just an excuse, there's, and it made me... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. I, there's no... I mean, it's definitely self-indulgent. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, or I think it's interesting now that some people are like on the side of it's an allegory for nature and she's mother nature or, or you know, the environment. And there are other people saying, no, it's a biblical allegory, where I'm like, oh, it's definitely, you know, I mean, there's no attempt and, at oh, like it's, it can be both. It's, over it's, that. It's both. And it can, no well, and that's the thing is like the irony is it's both. But it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, it's like I think there was a better version of sort of like an agrarian society fighting back against the industrialization, which is Lord of the Rings is absolutely an allegory for that. But, right. but you think about how they did that as a, a story and See, some people get that and right. some people don't, but it doesn't matter and it do, cause because it works on both levels See, because it's epic and incredible. That yeah. is a good allegory. That's right. how you do that. I want a plot. I want characters uh-huh. that make sense. I want it a needs story. to work without that element. Yes. And then yes. that's what makes to me. That's when the and puzzle becomes interesting is because right. then you can start unpacking it and saying like, oh, wow. OK, so it's telling me this one story, but it's also right. telling me this other Parallel yeah. story And if you don't get that It's still It like, still works It still works This right. is like Oh it's totally just like oh, Okay See I <laughs> yeah. think I think that other kind The Lord of the Rings Allegory Is mm-hmm. so much smarter Sure Because you have yeah. to think Of how a movie can work As a film As a storytelling device and have those parallels and be that allegory. Right. This movie, like just Alice in Wonderland, is an allegory for C.S. Lewis liking drugs and maybe little girls. Yeah. Right? No? Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, that's, and that's the thing, though, is like, that's, you want to see an allegory of, of a very similar allegory is, is like, there's, Nothing related to this is is that, and it's like, well, right. that, but that's how it works. Exactly. This is kind of like video recovery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is completely. I was just like, but I mean, I was like fascinated by this movie, and I think I was fascinated also by like the social implications. Like I was like, and I and I've said I was like, I can't stop thinking about it, and it's not because I'm like trying to dig in deeper, like solve the mystery. It's like no, nope. it was like the mystery is solved when he, you know, it's like yeah, I, the rib thing. I was like. When um, we see Ed Harris as the house guest, who like first of all, house guests say don't go away. I was like, I was still in horror movie mode, yeah. Right. And then right, um, I was still on board. And at then this like, point. he's coughing and, and drinking, and it's like what? And there were so many like leaps of like, what is happening? How? Why are yeah, these so we weird should probably leaps? We should probably go through the the plot some. Since yeah, that's what we do. So so Ed Harris shows up as man man, and uh, um, looking for a room. Yeah, because he thought it was a, a, a bed and a, breakfast, a B and B. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, and so mother, I feel I feel 
like just dirty even saying these yeah. names. They're so like this. Ugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, she she doesn't want him to stay there. But. Well, and this is also I think on a more simplistic level. If if you didn't know this was an allegory for the biblical stories of Genesis or for Mother Earth and pollution and humanity yeah. and everything, I think that you could on the surface see that it's a creative. Right. process it's, right. an, it's an allegory for creation if you uh for authors and you know artistic folk not just right biblical stuff creation so i think that it works on that level where jennifer lawrence is this poet's inspiration mother is his inspiration he needs her he loves her but yet his work always comes first his fans always come first and here is mother giving her her him everything that she has herself she's fixing up this home this is his home that was burnt down everything was destroyed but that crystal she's built the house wall to she, wall she is all by herself while he goes and does what authors do not writing anything sitting in his office she's putting the walls up painting them she's fixing everything fixing the the sink doing it all right it's and the, he just ignores her it's the giving tree it is and that's what aronofsky we, said we've reinvented the giving yeah. tree he but said, may- oddly enough, Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree is one of the hugest... Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't read that. I for real hadn't read that. It literally yeah. is. <laughs> Especially that? with Shel Silverstein's The Giving oh. Tree. Yeah. Man. I mean, Aronofsky said that's his inspiration for this movie. Yeah. It's, uh, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's... As odd as it sounds. I mean, d- down to the very end of it. I mean, giving uh-huh. the last... Right. Her heart... Yeah, last, we'll get there. Yeah. So it's The Giving Tree, right. So anyway... From a basic level, it's like, yeah, this is a creator. This is a creative who is, you know, he needs his inspiration, but yet when it comes down to it, he ignores it and mistreats it and and doesn't care about it until he needs it. And so Jennifer Lawrence is constantly being brushed aside. When man shows up, he is he doesn't ask her. I mean, this is his wife in this house that she is rebuilt and they're just moving into. And he's just promises this guy he can stay there for the night. She doesn't like it. Then he goes and says, you can stay here as long as you want. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the scene that Dan talked about. After ma- uh, man has been coughing and, and spitting stuff up and you know over the toilet and everything, the next day he wakes up chipper and perfect. Yeah. She asks, smoking in the house. Yeah. Well, yeah, smoking well, in the well, house. We also saw like, that's that's part where it's like, we see this wound on his, his, on his side, on his ribs. Yeah. And you're like, that like a, kind of a big wound yeah. and and the you know it's like a bloody gaping hole he or him is holding it yeah and you know and he like, like moves his hand trying to hide it from her too. yeah and it's like yeah give him privacy and then like mm. so this is the part where see I, I was still <laughs> on board and not knowing this entire thing was an allegory so she goes to bed and him and man are up all night drinking uh the man brings bourbon I thought or they were gonna be gay I uh, there was a moment where like was she gonna walk around because she like, we always see the POV the- shots and her walking around the corner to, to re- reveals right yeah. and that's where like Aronofsky's like I think he's making a conscious decision to, to sort of shoot this like a horror movie for the the head yeah. fake of it and and which is why the studio was like it's a horror movie it's right like, well, no it's not <laughs> but I mean you know so in that moment they're trying to to sway people away from what it actually is but so at this point though she goes to bed and they're up all night drinking this alcohol that man brings and then she wakes up and she sees that he is not man is not in the bed she got like a trundle bed or whatever she made it for him and gave him sheets and everything she wakes up and he's not there 
Javier Bardem, him, is not in bed next to her. So at this point, I thought that the man, Ed Harris, was taking Javier Bardem hostage, and this was like a hostage situation, yeah. a, a murder, you know, whatever kind of a thing. And then they're in the bathroom, and Ed Harris is like throwing up over the toilet. Javier yeah. Bardem's next to him, and you'd see that wound in the side. So I thought they got into a fight. I thought that somehow they fought. You know, still, I'm not gotcha. to the point where everything's an allegory, right? Right. And so I'm like, oh, so they got into some fight, and he's covering it up because he right. like doesn't want right. her to know that he got violent with this, you know. I'm still, and, yeah. and I get it now because I put all the pieces together, but I'm still on board like, oh, what is going on here what, with this crazy horror chamber piece? Like, yeah. you know, I'm still on board. The next day, out of nowhere, Michelle Pfeiffer shows up, his wife. So once we see the wound over his rib, mm-hmm. the next morning, the next Michelle morning. Pfeiffer, woman, Ta-da. shows up. <laughs> hmm. So it, it, yeah. she's also mentioned that she's trying to make this house their own paradise. Well, and... Every time Jennifer Lawrence would talk about our house or or my house and the reaction throughout the movie is like, your house, because, you know, nobody seems to view it as her house. Right. So, yeah, well, again, it's the, the whole, yeah. yeah. So. It's a, it's a whole allegory that makes, that's making you cringy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I just like, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, so far we have the Garden of Eden. We yeah. have the creator who is god yeah we have adam and eve man who god has pulled a rib from him right woman shows up woman shows up okay so yeah. so she comes and she is just like this nosy the only thing she didn't have is like an apple <laughs> she, i think she eats doesn't she eat? oh wait did she make pie she was talking about pie yeah. right was it apple pie i don't think it was though because it looked more like like blueberry it was yeah. dark I mean, it was just like pie yeah, yeah. i yeah. Tempting, yeah, pie. I know. I f- I, this is a reference to his first movie, Pie. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in my head, I feel like at some point she eats an apple, and maybe I just put yeah. that in my like. Yeah. Right. I don't know that he winks at you right. like that, but it's close, if not. But so then throws so, the wet laundry on the floor. See, those are like those are seeds that for me were horrific because I'm like, oh, oh yeah, oh stop absolutely. It. I'm thinking like, don't touch a, the laundry that's lady. A, that's a dirty basement Stranger, floor, yeah. and she's putting her clean washed clothes yeah, on the floor. I'm, the, I'm the same way. I'm just like, uh. but so yeah, this woman Michelle Pfeiffer is just constantly in your face. She's drunk. She's making these lemon vodka things, yeah. whatever it is, and uh, she's just sloshing, spilling everywhere. Uh, you know, this is mankind, humanity, just not taking care of the right. house mother earth right the the allegory here is that mother is mother is mother earth but also with the house and the heartbeat the house right. is earth too uh-huh. and that's where i thought the allegory got kind of messy because it's like yeah. is mother mother earth is the house mother this earth? Is the house of god yeah is a church yeah that's that i could see that too but it's like so it's like the people were abusing the house but they're also yeah. abusing mother so they both kind of shared that responsibility which i thought was kind of messy but yeah, this lady is not respecting Mother Earth, the house, and uh, she's just, just sloshing everywhere, doing whatever. And Jennifer Lawrence is obviously very, very upset by this. Not only are these people in her house who she didn't invite, but they're also not taking care of it and destroying it. And so I felt her emotion through her acting. Like, this is the part, again, allegories aside, I'm like, oh, I could really feel mm-hmm. 
what was going on and I really wanted there to be something else. We eventually find that she stumbles upon a picture of Javier Bardem so that like these people did not just show up by accident. They had a yeah. picture of him. See, so I thought this was going to turn into some kind of hostile takeover. They're yeah. there to be crazy yeah. fanatics, right? And so I kept waiting for this twist, this real plot twist to happen. Right. And I'm fine if there's an allegory there, but I like, I'm waiting for but the plot. needs to be a real story too. A real story, yeah. yeah. And, and it just, it never comes, unfortunately. So, well, see, it, it, yeah. And if, honestly, for this to have an allegory, it wouldn't have done any of these things. It, you would just sort of like at the end be like, wait a minute, was that an allegory? Yeah. Was he an allegory? You know, yeah. This right. one is like, there's no allegory. No. This is flat out just turns into, you know, a an interpretation yeah. of, it's got a uh, very, of Genesis. It's got a very uh, one for one mentality yeah. I mean, this it. is like, it has the subtlety of a, a sledgehammer. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. That's the thing. You know? So what did you take? So meanwhile, while these uninvited visitors keep going to her house, she's having these pains. And so I thought it was going to be a pregnancy thing. I was thinking Rosemary's baby, right? Yeah. So Rosemary has these pains constantly. Yeah. And so Jennifer Lawrence has the same kind of like headaches and she has a stomach cramp at she first. Said, uh, and she's not pregnant as far as we know. They never mentioned her being pregnant at right. this point. So she's having all these pains. And she goes to her medicine cabinet in the bathroom and takes out like a, it looks like an old timey vial. Oh, yeah. Like a s- snake oil salesman. Like, I don't know what you would call that, but yeah. like a like old timey like remedy. When you, like when you used to have to like mix your own medicine. Like an yeah. elixir. An elixir yeah. of sorts, right? And she pours it into a drink and it's not just like an Alka Seltzer that fizzes up. It is CGI glowing yellow. Yeah, like, I, he draws I, so much attention to this CGI yellow liquid. I honestly, I was like, I, I don't know what that yeah. is. And it never <laughs> and, comes, it never and, is answered. And I thought, you know, that that was going to end up before, you know, it's like, oh, this is all allegory. Again, I thought it was going to be that, you know, they're presenting this as medicine that makes her feel better, but it was really what was making this yeah. happen. Right. Like, you know, well, and that, and I thought they were kind of going that way too, yeah. because it was like, then she also, isn't that the same stuff she used to mix her paint for the plaster? She did, it was certainly a similar process. It was like, you yeah. know, but it was the old, like sort of like almost like a tincture of, iodine, I can see what you're right? saying. She, she put like a powder into the yeah. paint to make it so yellowish. I was, I was yeah. like, well, yeah. is she like a mad creator? You know, like a lot of painters, you know, went mad early on because they were you know the fumes right mixing their own paint yeah. yeah which is why like a lot of you like the have you ever heard the story of the glowing girls it was no. when they uh when they first discovered yes uh, what uranium yeah they uh it glowed and so they they were making things yeah. that would glow and one right. of the things that they would make glow is clocks they would paint they would paint no, the numbers that in, on clocks that would so oh, they would so glow and so the these women were working in factories uh-huh. and they would you had to hand paint the numbers on and so what do you do with a with a brush you put it in your mouth and you're like oh my god and so, so they were just ingesting and they were uranium. just inge- and like yeah. when these girls would go out at night they would glow because they had so much uranium in it and these jobs paid great and so they, the and at the time you know when they first started yeah. doing this nobody knew and then eventually the companies knew and they tried to like. You know, yeah. they, but and uh, and so, but yeah, these all these women got just really horrible cancer and died yeah, yeah. because they were ingesting uranium, Yikes. so people's clocks could be visible at night. Great, Scott. Yeah, be a much more interesting movie than this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the other thing that was frustrating is there's never an answer to it, and I know that in a lot of art house films, there's things that are in there. And they let you, you try to get your own answer or whatnot. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that I was always looking for an answer throughout this movie. And I was into it still to this point because I'm like, huh, I thought, is she hallucinating and 
a lot of stuff is in her head like she's crazy and this medicine keeps her at bay or is she being poisoned and yeah. this medicine's making her hallucinate and she didn't know it I kept looking for the explanation but I cannot find any solid explanation to why he drew so much attention to this medicine yeah that, that was kind of I don't know and it's one of those things is like do I want to invest the time in like yeah. somebody being like oh that's the symbolic bleh yeah um, I mean I, it, this, I don't yeah but it <laughs> wasn't something he brushed over she no, right. no, no. no they made a, a strong so, point of, of, of cutting back to it a few times but uh, I mean what's the, the the suns show up this thing starts yeah. having like these sort of like huge time leaps yeah. right where it's like oh and all of a sudden, and it's like and, things, like, and logic leaps. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like things have like derailed. Right. So it's sort but, of like then we're like skipping chapters. But you know what I think? Quickly. I think that the medicine. Just to go back to it, I think the reason why they never explain it and why he drew so much attention to it was that he didn't know what kind of movie he was making at the time. Like I feel like he wanted to have some kind of a twist. And I kind of feel like he just didn't know how to make a movie, an allegory, like the ones we talked about that we enjoy. Right. And so I think the the fact that it was just an allegory and gets chaotic was a really easy way to end it and be smart. Dan, you're really going off. <laughs> so I just, I, I feel like there was maybe an explanation or something because he just draws too much attention for it to be right. coincidence, right? If she was just drinking something and it was a throwaway, fine. But it's like, they had it glow yellow. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, uh, him has a room, his writing room, that he doesn't want anybody to go in and they... and uh, Woman keeps trying to go in there. Woman keeps trying to go in there and then man and woman end up in there and they end up breaking the crystallized heart thingy. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that sets Heart him thingy. Up. What's that? Heart thingy. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, um, but it looks, it's shaped yeah. like a heart, like a human heart. It looks not, like, it's not, it's not shaped like a Valentine heart. It looks like heart. the fossil from Jurassic Park it's with a mosquito like a, in it's it. It's shaped like an actual biological human you think so? heart. It just I looked like yeah. a big uh, hunk of something. I mean, yeah, it, it works yeah. on both levels because right, right. it's an allegory. Right. It's very, very smart. And, uh, and so then there, so then he flips out. Yeah. Him does. I feel like I'm Frankenstein. Him freak out. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's very upset and tries to wall off the room. Right? He tries yeah. to... Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. he, he yells at them. Like, he explodes with anger that you haven't seen this character do in the past. And uh, he, like... Again, I really like this because I like, I like movies that are... I like these independent movies and I like these... Um, Oh, I can't think of the word. I just, I, I really like the movies like this when they're not allegories completely. Yeah. I really like seeing this stuff that's just like crazy. And I really enjoyed the way Bardem played this character because he gets nuts. He, you see him like they break stuff and she, mother chases man and woman out of the room. And then you go back and he's already boarding up the room. Like the time leap, like you mentioned, I mean, you're talking about, he goes from being on the ground, picking up the little shards. She comes back in and all the shards are already in a pan, like a huge pan full of these things. And then she leaves again, I think, and like yells at them at the bottom of the stairs, get out and they leave the house. It looks like she walks back and he already has a board up and he's boarding up the room. Like, yeah, I mean, she just walks out of the room into the room and he all of a sudden has hammer nails boards. And I like that. Like, I like to th- I like a movie to make me go, what is going on? And it's weird and it's different. I, I like that. I'm still on board at this point. Right. Because if no. it were in a movie where it it actually made sense. I'd be like, okay, this is weird. I like it, you know? But when it ends up that... I had already jumped ship. Yeah, but when it ends up that it really didn't make any sense, there was no... 
there was nothing compelling him. There was no supernatural element. There was no real motive for man and woman other than to be man and woman in a biblical allegorical sense. Right. You know what I mean? It, it just eliminated my joy and love of these visuals and this, this medium because it, it felt to me that it cheapened it. It didn't mean anything in the end. You right. know, it's like I could have just watched a 15 minute uh, allegory or something. You know what I mean? Like I didn't need two hours to explain to me that, everything that was going on. I think at a certain point it stopped being an allegory and just started being an interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess at the end of the day you're like, but to what end? Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, is it an allegory when it's a literal version and it's just sort of like uh, an interpretation? So it's like, yeah. it's not an interpretation because it is. He's God. She's Mother Earth. That's Adam and Eve. There's Cain and Abel. I mean, it's it's not like an allegory is like what we were talking about with Lord of the Rings where it's like an agrarian society versus an industrialization of it. This is not an allegory. This is just a a a, a spin on on the book of Genesis. Right. But I think an interpretation would have to mean that the Bible says and they had a house and there was a man that came in and he was a poet like you know for it to be an interpretation of the words you'd have to have like this is uh, an abstract it's still an, an allegory in my mind but it's a I guess the underlying story is so thin that it stops feeling like an allegory right, and yeah. it just feels like like you said, like an inter, like like we're just retelling the story with different right mechanics, yeah. right? You know, yeah, it's just his version of the story. Yeah, so this is where older son this and this is where the younger brothers son. show up, who are actual brothers. Yeah, uh, one is General Hux and the guy from uh, Harry Potter and from uh, Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dom, Dom, what's his name? Domino. Uh, Domnall, it's kind of an interesting name. Yeah. Um, that's Brandon Gleason's son, right? Mm-hmm. That's his son's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then his real brother. So they show up, and they're only credited as older brother, younger brother, but clearly Cain and Abel, right? Uh-huh. Especially when the older one knocks the other one over the head, right, and kills him. Yeah, doorknobs will do it. Uh, and Cain and Abel are the sons of adam and eve right man and woman are clearly at this point adam and eve so i mean to your point dan it is the entire thing is an allegory a biblical allegory you can't argue against that and uh you know at this point i think this is probably the most obvious one where the other ones are still a little bit hidden in in context you know unless you're a religious major or someone went to catholic school you know but i think they're a little more hidden but for me when i saw the Cain and Abel thing. I'm just it's it clicked a, in my head like, yeah, okay, this is pretty on the nose. Literally, yeah, what we're yeah. doing here, and so yeah, uh, the one dies, and they cart off. Uh, you know, the take him to the hospital. Brother to the hospital. The mother's left in the house alone. Leave mother alone again. Where I'm just like, man, this guy's really crappy. Like he leaves. There's a murderer about, right? Mm-hmm. And he leaves her at home alone in this house secluded in the middle of the woods, which again I think is still the really good makings of a horror film right like if this wasn't an allegory if I'm, they if they had made this if they had kept this as an allegory but had it be a horror film i think i would feel a lot differently about right. it because that's the weird I, part is i I, I still really like this movie and like up until this point i'm still on board because it has this is only the first like 30 minutes like this is a two-hour movie this yeah. is like the first 30 45 minutes so it's yeah. not even half over so i'm still thinking there's answers and at this point i'm like this is creepy they left her at home with the murderer and he leaves yeah. he just walks out the front door yeah he's yeah. out there somewhere so yeah. you were wishing 
that this was going to be yeah. Yeah. a horror and, and movie. And I think yeah. this is another thing that makes it feel dream dreamlike because that's a decision that somebody wouldn't make in real life. Like right. nobody calls the police. Right. Like they leave her al- alone in the house with with the guy who just killed somebody. Like that's the kind of stuff that only makes sense in a dream. Yeah, where you're right. just like, I don't really know why they would do that, but this is what happens next in my dream. Is that so? Yeah. Now I'm in the house with the murderer, and everybody's no, gone. No it, technology in this movie either, which is yeah. interesting. Well, they have a phone. They do have a phone. Oh yeah, yeah no, but I mean, okay, that's a very literal sense. I mean, no self, no smartphones, no computers. Right. It's just, it's very. This is very um, old school. I don't even. Did, did they even have a television? No. no. Yeah. No, I mean, so they have a like a, a wall phone, but right. that's it. But there is no technology, which is interesting. I mean, you would especially think modern day with pollution right. and global warming and this being an yeah. allegory, you'd think there'd be some kind of a technology uh, parallel, but they don't yeah. in this movie. Just no. Yeah. And I guess that's more of a to keep everyone disconnected from each other would be my guess. Yeah. In the film. So well, they well, they do reference cell phones, though, because they uh-huh. reference that they can't get a signal out there. Right. Oh, that's true. The, yeah. the visitors, the man right. and woman, have a cell phone. But yeah. And because he's like, we like it that way. Yeah. And they, yeah, they say they don't have one. So he, he comes back. Domin Hall Gleason comes back. The, the murderer comes back and then he picks up his wallet. Yeah. Actually, it was his dad's wallet. Oh, is it his dad's wallet? I only know that because it says it on Wikipedia. Oh, but okay. It, like, I'm not even... trying to be the smart guy. In yeah, the room, yeah. But it says it says he comes back and t- and takes man's wallet. Okay. Yeah, huh. I didn't catch that for whatever yeah, I reason. I didn't either. I so thought like, in the I'm scuffle, not... his wallet fell out. That's how, okay. It, that's how I interpreted right? it in real okay. time too. Cool. So. Okay. So he comes and he picks up the wallet and he just says good luck and he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's weird. And again, I mean, on the surface, I like it. It's just a weird scene, right? Yeah. I mean, the characters are very odd. It's it's just creepy. Um. You know, and at this point, I think I don't think that we mentioned this yet, but I think she's been down to the basement when she goes to get a blanket for man early on, and she notices the wall has yeah. been mortared over. So there's something very suspicious going on as she visits the basement, yeah. and we'll there's come back secret, to that. But it's a secret room. Yeah, there's something with that's been covered over, right? Yeah. So anyway, they end up coming back. They all come back, yeah. like, and say that he the son died at the hospital. Yeah. But that they're all in like funeral, like, but they also they've been to a funeral, and again, very dreamlike that they. Yeah. But they've also just been to a funeral. Yeah, he died right. at the hospital, but they've also just been to the have come back from the. I, funeral. I think him comes back first because I remember he he's had his white blood. shirt. He's covered in blood. Yeah, said he died. Yeah, and then right. they all come back from right. the funeral. Yeah, 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 and then here come a bunch of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because this is where it's like you get that. Uh, that chamber piece, you know, more of that there. She's mad at him and says, you left me here all alone. You get another emotional piece. And again, they're, it's great acting. And, and he's like, I had to, the boy was dying. You know, he tries to, he keeps trying to justify his actions. It's never, he doesn't care what she wants. It's never about her, even though she needed him and she needed his protection and all this, but he's like, Oh, but this stranger needed me. You know, it's always about someone else other than his wife, other than mother. And so that's the, the allegory again, more and more of this. And we'll continue to see it. But yeah, they all come home from the funeral and all of a sudden there's like 15 people, 10 people in his house at this point or her house, I should say, uh, you know, and, and she's like, who are all these people? And they're all dressed in black. They've all been to this funeral. And uh, the I, I, the guy that eventually will start like painting her house, there's this one guy that just seems yeah. kind of creepy following around. And I kept thinking that some something more was going to happen between them because he just seemed like he was kind of interested in her. He yeah. was like always over her shoulder and yeah it's it's weird because you know right off the bat they're like yeah we immediately kind of launch into like these tributes and and uh everybody's having drinks and then they really want 
uh, uh, him to uh, you know say something because he's a poet, so that makes sense. Yeah. So he so he starts, didn't even know the guy, but he starts giving this eulogy. And he starts, yeah, talking and, and 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 giving a eulogy, and they're all like wrapped in everything he says. And then uh, she's just kind of watching. And of course, she's getting the stink eye from Michelle Pfeiffer, you know. Yeah, this whole time, even though this is her house, there's this, the woman just totally disrespectful and, and just brushes mother to the side, yeah. just hates her. And she's the one invading her house. Yeah. And so obviously, it's a very heavy handed. I mean, yeah. this is just humankind, mankind disrespecting Mother Earth. It's right. This is not your, your planet, like your sole planet. This is everybody's yet. You just walk in, you barge in. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, that's and that's why. Yeah, we start to see people like, you know, <laughs> that sink. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, and then the people painting. People that start. It's not braced. Braced. Okay. And, and people yeah. start painting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, and but it's like, what happens? It's like so. Huh. Man tries to give a eulogy and he can't because he's emotional. Right. And then asks her to give one, which is so awkward. Yeah. Right. Like for her, and I just really felt. I mean, mother is the audience right? right she is you where you're uncomfortable you don't know what's going on so she right. it definitely was a way to connect and again through her acting i really i really felt what she was doing and right. her performance was amazing i wish it had been in a different movie but again i felt uncomfortable with her it was it was a really good scene with the tension and everything um but again michelle pfeiffer just totally disrespects her and then yeah. they go on and do their stuff but yeah people are sitting on the sink and she says get off the sink and they get off for a second and she goes to talk to someone else and you see behind her they're back on the sink you know oh, yeah. and it's, it's just, just the house well, is being and then eventually destroyed. they start deliberately like bouncing up and down yeah. and again that was very dreamlike it's the kind of thing that nobody no would, one would do, do in that, real yeah. life but right. in a dream you're just like uh at this point, when she keeps every time she gets stressed out, and the only thing I can think of with the yellow medicine she takes is that that's an allegory for how people s- not self medicate, maybe self medicate, right. but how people want to ignore what's really going on and medicate themselves to ignore it to make themselves feel better yeah, but, instead of tackling the problem. But Earth wouldn't do, but Earth doesn't do that. That's true. I just thought you, of it you know as I mean? that was like, more I, of the human, yeah. Like I get what you're allegory. You know, she was. I get what you're saying, but but it's like, oh, but I'm stressed out. Let me just take my anxiety right. meds and be good. But instead there, of, but there isn't an equivalent for not Earth. for Earth, right? She's right. Earth, so you're right. It doesn't work. But I just kept trying. I kept trying to think. Oh, this is all some kind of hallucination of hers. Uh, the poet is medicating her, like yeah. so that she, you know, there's going to be some reveal, some kind of twist. No, it, it's what I was reading is that there's something. Uh, there's a short story called "The Yellow Wallpaper," yeah. where a woman is slowly driven uh, mad by her, her husband's insistence that she's submissive, and that you know, some people are thinking that's Aronofsky's yeah. kind of nod to that. So it might have been maybe some of his inspiration behind. Yeah this yeah i read that i haven't read the short story i read that article that said that and you know he's been very clear him and lawrence jennifer lawrence in an interview straight up said that she's mother earth the house is earth he's god like we're not just theorizing here right jennifer lawrence has told us this is an allegory for god earth all this stuff we're saying is from the creators right and so it's just interesting that he hasn't addressed the yellow thing that's what i think is that's like the one thing where that's why i don't think there's an answer it's just there Maybe a red herring, if if nothing else. A yellow herring, yes. Oh, true. So at this point, uh, yeah, she comes downstairs, and they're painting the house. They're trying to fix the house for her. And she's like, no, this is my house. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Like, okay. And then what's the next major thing? Well, that that's is? when they have sex. And so... Well, yeah. They, they, he oh, kick, she yells they, to get them all get, out. They get she out. kicks them all out, and then they have sex. They had talked earlier about how, you know, they, they didn't oh, want to the have pipers. kids. That's the uh, flood. That's from the... Uh, 
That's yeah. Noah. That's the the flood. So yeah. the pipe burst oh, and thank, ruins. Thank God, Darren Aronofsky is revisiting Noah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's the final straw. It cleans. Well, for this point, it cleans everyone out of the house because yeah. when it births, she yells at him to get out. And yeah, that's the flood. So the right. house is Wipes cleared. And then this is when she yells at him and says more of you don't care about me, blah, blah, blah. And then she, she's basically like, you can't even get it up. And right. that it is what right. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So then they 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 ha- they have the very ma- the ma- the uh they, they have the magic hugging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she, yeah. she wakes up pregnant. Yeah, and she again, is. that's also very dreamlike. Ta-da, I now I'm pregnant. I know that, even though we had sex 40 minutes ago. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. again, like, you know, I'm just like, uh, I just, I, I don't like any of this kind of stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. he's inspired, and he starts writing again. Right. Isn't that what happens in Rosemary's Baby? Doesn't she just know? Maybe <sighs> not. I think she might, but, I feel like like that, but that like, makes sense in that context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because she has the... Satan spawn inside right. of her. But right. I'm wondering if that is him, his homage. Like, maybe that's yeah. similar to what happens in Rosemary's Baby, which is an excellent movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they're definitely, so I mean, there's, there's, you know, I don't think it's an accident that there's a, a Rosemary's Baby vibe to this. Yeah. yeah. But so he starts writing again, and then he's like, with it, like within seconds, he's like, "I finished it," and then the short, published, and then I read <laughs> the it. He's like, calls. "And now it's been published, and now here are the press." Yeah, and, like, and, and this, is, yeah, and this is again, which track. frustrated me because once this stuff started happening, and I figured out that she wasn't just hallucinating or dreaming this. You know, once I, I, I just at this point, I knew there wasn't going to be a, a real solid answer, right? Because of those time jumps, were because right. she goes, "What?" Because he just finished it, and somehow the publishers read it. It's on paper. Remember, there's no technology, right, no right. computer, no phones. He gives her like a and a it's like old timey paper, yeah. No, it's like yeah, it's like right. a scroll with a you know. Commandments written or not commandments? Well, I stone, stone, but yeah. I know, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah. one of those old scrolls, yeah, right. And it's the last page, and somehow his publishers read it. So that's where I'm. It's just like, like he's writing his poetry exclusively on uh, medieval times <laughs> menus, parchment. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm just like, what? None of this makes sense at all. Like none of this could even make sense. Yeah. There's no logic here. And it's not even a hallucination. Like, I'm just like, this isn't real. None yeah. of this is real at this point. And not even for like a, I mean, it is real. That's the problem is this yeah. isn't a dream or something. But you know what I mean? I'm like, there's no explanation. This but, is yeah, just there's crazy. no basis in reality is, at yeah. this point. Yeah. So and then so then he has a bunch of fans that show up that want to meet him. Yeah. Then it turns into Field of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christine um, Wig shows up. Yeah. And then there's the the more more and more fans show up. Then you have the the couple, uh, the the mother and son that want to use the bathroom. The kid pees on the floor. Oh, we haven't even talked about uh, Don Hall Gleason, his blood on the floor. Yeah. The crack. His, his wound. Yeah. They keep going back to this floorboard where the blood seeps into, like, the hole in the wood, you in know. the shape of it a vagina. It. Yeah. And uh, it just keeps bleeding. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, just to jump back real quick, she she goes downstairs and it bleeds through the floor onto the wall into the perfect shape of the door where that hidden right. door was mortared over or whatnot. Right. She ends up breaking it down, right? Doesn't she? She well, chips at away end. at it or something? Okay. Yeah. So she, I guess she hasn't done it yet. But anyway, that's what it eventually does. But this floor, she covers it up with a rug because she doesn't want to look at it, but she cannot clean the blood right. off of this spot. So anyway, that's planted but, there. Yeah. yeah. Then, the, then the, yeah, the people start pouring in. Uh, and again, I think this is a terrifying imagery. I still want this to be a really awesome horror film because it's a beautiful film and it's very suspenseful. When people are in the dark with flashlights coming well, yeah, to the house. Yeah. I mean, Aronofsky a, makes it very uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. It's he, a great. Yeah. He takes scenarios yeah. that are very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I mean, in a Get horror movie. Get off my sink. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was yeah. having nightmares. Yeah, I know. But it's not a, braced. Right. In a horror movie, though, if you saw that dark in a field with people with flashlights flooding the house, that's a terrifying image, right? Yeah. So, like if I saw random people going and being in my right. bathroom I, I, I know this I, is very the, the, my level of horror movie was like <laughs> just like get I don't get out yeah. off the scale yeah uh, so uh, what so uh, uh, they start stealing things from the house yeah, yeah. They all, uh, Kristen Wiig shows up yeah. she shows up she's she, the publisher she, she's a publisher slash I found that assassin very, I found that very jarring Oh yeah, when Kristen like her her appearance it took it out of that's what, but that's what he wanted. So he yeah. addressed this in an interview. The, he didn't have anyone in mind in particular, but then Kristen Wiig was available, and then he's like, "Okay, well that will be weird because people in the theater will go what? So like, he that wanted that, that on so purpose. that that is the definition of stunt casting. Yeah, yeah. I mean he yeah, said no. it. He he literally only casted her because she was available, and then he thought people would scratch their heads. Why is she in? It's this? like so. Mike Myers and Inglorious Bastards, where you're like. Huh. Except for he yeah. didn't look like Mike Myers, though. That's yeah, but, a little different because he was yeah. lost in all that. The fat but, suit. But it's and still, the I mean, this was, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you still question it. But, I mean, this is like, that's just Kristen Wiig. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know, which was yeah it wasn't her fault. But, right. But, yeah. no, no, no. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's like, we also know, like, what he had in mind yeah. for that character, which is, this yeah. becomes, you know. Yeah. It he wanted it to be weird that Kristen Wiig would be in this role in this movie that made no sense for Kristen Wiig and she's never done it. And yeah. it's weird to see Kristen Wiig doing these things. That right. was exactly from his mouth why he did it. Yeah. So she goes around and starts shooting people in the head. It yeah. becomes crazy. I mean, I, I, again, for a weird point of view i liked it i yeah. liked the imagery i thought it was so weird and jarring it worked for me if i had i didn't i ended up not liking the movie but i'm like okay her going around with people with bags on their heads and shooting them point blank i'm like this is crazy i yeah. liked the imagery and the chaos yeah it just didn't amount to anything it was chaos for chaos's sake yeah without moving the story along it was chaos well i mean i still think it fits the allegory no no, it was for the allegory yeah, sake but, it wasn't for like a right okay, story yeah. point that's what i mean it was yeah it was just chaos. Just, she's supposed to be then religion, right? Yes. Like she's re- like like yes. he's God, but she's she's the publisher. She took yeah. whether it's the Bible or the Quran or right. whatever, yeah. and now she's using it as an excuse to perpetrate violence yeah. on yeah. other people. Right. So definitely, yeah, yeah. So just to be clear, I get it. Right. I just don't. Yeah. Like. It. Yeah. yeah. It, same. Same here. <laughs> and again, visually, I like it. I like that they built the sets. I like the the camera work. I think it's, it's very impressive. Movie. It is great yeah. looking. Again, so yeah. technically pulling this off, it's like kudos. You made an amazing looking scene, and it's very chaotic. Yeah. I just don't like how it where where it was in. I didn't like the allegory that was the purpose for it. Yeah. Um. But. So I guess like they start having some sort of weird ritual where yeah. he's like leaving a mark on their head, kind of uh, like Ash Wednesday. Ash, yeah. And then meanwhile, she's in given birth. Yeah, she's, she's squeezing out the kid, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and then what? Well, and then he takes the kid and hands well, it. She over. She doesn't want to give it to him, right? You know, which yeah. is you know, I I find that interesting because then it's like, no, is this? A Christ reference, or is this just uh, you know more of like Mother Earth right. uh, wanting to give up more? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think right. it, it turns into a Christ reference very 
heavy-handedly. Yeah, very heavy-handedly. It's it's clearly Christ. But yeah, I I liked, again, I I keep going back to it because if this was just a straight horror movie, I liked the imagery. I liked him sitting and staring at her. She ends up falling asleep. Yeah, he just waits. Her eyes open. He's still there in the same position in the chair looking at her where I'm like, this is creepy as hell. Like This is an amazing, creepy, thrilling imagery here. Uh, but then she eventually actually dozes off before she just closed. Well, the Bible is horrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean lots of it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's horrific. Yeah, this it, is all Old Testament stuff. Yeah, That's absolutely. What, yeah. yeah. So I mean, until this next part. So, yeah. Right. She wakes up. The baby's gone out of yeah. her arms, and the door's open. He has left with the baby. As many of the audience has at this point. <laughs> this is. Yeah. I think the scene that will get a lot of people oh, like yeah. just leave it. Which I mean, it's not. It's not real. And it's know? not even really that visual but, you know what i mean it's you know, not no I, it's, it's just not one of those things it's like right it's just one of those things it's like i think this will be where people are get, the, get mad this right. is where the people that this is where they go from being bored and upset yeah, that they to, got a head fake to like oh i you head faked me for this yeah when yeah. it's a movie called mother yeah so yeah. on the literal sense if it's not mother earth she's gonna have a baby right like they didn't bait and switch you there like right. she does become a mother yeah yeah for a little bit yeah <laughs> but yeah. very briefly yeah. so yeah he gives the baby to the chaotic crowd of i mean these people are killing police officers right killing each other shooting people in the head this crowd this is a riot i mean right. this is definitely a yeah. insane riot going yeah. on through the house people are like in paint and blood all over them i mean this is yeah. an insane scene and he just hands the baby to the people yeah god hands Here his baby go. his his only, his child, only son yeah. Yeah. to the people who then proceed to tear it to apart kill him and eat it and yes eat it. Yeah. so they killed his only son and are now taking communion yeah it, yeah, I mean, there's no other that's way. Exactly to, what it yeah, is. Yeah, there's no other way to to read that. Yeah. So then, and he's like, "It's okay. Don't be mad at them." And and this is again, yeah, I we mean, have to forgive them. Yeah, we have to forgive them. So this is like where it goes more. I think New Testament, where you know, and obviously this is after the baby Jesus is into the situation where he, he keeps trying to forgive them. Where like the the old God god in the old testament wiped people out and killed them right right and now he, this is more we need to forgive them no matter how bad they are no matter what they do we're gonna forgive them right and so he just and she's just like they, they killed our child that you know i hate you right. and and yeah all, all he cares about her is adoring fans because he needs them like he's nothing without his fans right from the poet standpoint but you know it's also yeah. his take on god well i mean there's that famous quote well, without faith i have nothing right mm-hmm. so yeah, you have to have faithful followers. Yep. You so, know? I mean, and just from a from taking it out of the realm of like theology that anybody believes in today, I mean, you can see proof of this with, with Greek gods, right? right? Like nobody believes in that. Nobody believes in that now, right? And that now, and they're nothing, right? right? Like, I mean, there right. it's sure. stories <laughs> that people tell, true. but you know, but without faith, they stop being gods. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Never Back was. in the day, oof, yeah. So, so at this point, this is where she runs downstairs. I guess she breaks the wall down now. I thought she had done it earlier. I, I, thought I think you're right. I think I she think did she, break it when down. When she saw but the blood she going, she, she did more of an exploratory like glimpse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she but breaks she, the wall yeah. down, and there's she like didn't a, go in. A, a frog oil. Oh yeah, there's a frog, which oh, is yeah, another Old Testament thing. Yeah. And then uh, she just sees like this big tanker i mean it almost yeah. looks like a uh, septic tank i mean it's just like a it's wide a tank. Yeah. tank right 
Well, it ends up that she goes back down there to this thing that she left and she busts it open and this like black oil goes all yeah. over the floor. Texas tea. Yeah. Texas tea. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what she had, they had, there was foreshadowing Woo, earlier, but, <laughs> but man had been smoking in the house and so she threw the lighter because she didn't want him to find it. Right. Well, she ends up finding it on her way down to the basement, picking it up. She breaks open the black Texas tea all over the floor and she lights the lighter and holds it and and him is like, don't do it, you know, don't, whatever. And then she just says, whatever, you took everything or I don't know right. whatever exactly. She blows, was, but yeah. She's just like, you know, you, you, care about you, you, you ruined loved. everything. Yeah, you ruined everything. Yeah. You hate, you know, you, all you care about is them, blah, blah, blah. And she drops the lighter and the whole place goes up in flames. And so this is very reminiscent to how the movie started and yeah. I thought we were going back to the beginning because right. of the whole, you know, like you could easily yeah. see it going that way yeah it's i didn't circle. realize that wasn't jennifer lawrence maybe because yeah. i'm face blind whatever but i thought oh that's why she's on fire to be in the movie before the time flashback so but anyway it ends up the whole place burns down but uh javier bardem is unscathed jennifer lawrence is still alive somehow but she's all burnt and charred up and he picks her up and he carries her and she's just like i gave you everything and he I, maybe he's he like, says not everything. Yeah, not good enough. Yeah. yeah, you still have more. And she's like, I, I don't have anything else to give. And this she is says, where there's no more hope. And he says, No, there is another. Yeah. And so he ends up reaching into her charred chest, opening up. You know, we should mention that scene where she's like being brutalized and oh, yeah, you see her boobs, yeah. just because that's such a traumatic, horrible scene. Like the camera never goes away it's shot in a way that looks like she's really taking some yes. blows to the head and right. i was kind of like i wonder how they did that i wonder yeah. if they like she just jerked her head and then they cg'd it looked um, like the hits were cg for sure you know like cg'd like limbs yeah. or feet or i could tell coming in because it was but she's i mean yeah it it's rough it's brutal it's like wow that's that's it rough. was done well like i could tell it was cg because uh-huh. it had to be but it was done very well yeah i just want to mention that and not gloss over because again that filmmaking is horrific it's brutal uh you know these people uh before god before him protects her they are tearing her apart she goes after them for killing and eating her child yeah. and they just attack her and rip her shirt off they are punching her and kicking her in the face and again the acting by lawrence is amazing it's a right. great scene so that's just another one of those things where it's like i really like the performance and the camera work but uh anyway we go back to him carrying her charred body he opens up and reaches into her charred chest and pulls out her heart yeah and she turns to dust and disintegrates and then that chat the the heart turns into another one of those stones with the uh-huh. glowing thing inside and so it all starts over so he he goes to his desk he puts it on the stand the things start glowing around him and uh w- another woman wakes up in bed and two is bored yeah or three. three but and yeah a, so who, who looks similar to lawrence it, it's like it's a she's similar got, she's got a type oh yeah. yeah i'll admit it i didn't know that it wasn't jennifer lawrence just I, again call me partially face blind but she looks so much like her she's yeah. blonde she looks similar but this woman who come to find out is not jennifer lawrence but looks just like her wakes up and goes baby same yeah. same camera yeah. work same right. scenario and so and i think the house transforms back right when he does the crystal thing so the house is just like in the beginning so we're come to find out we're to believe that this had already happened that the house had been destroyed it's just a cycle and yeah yeah, and uh, he had pulled the heart from the other woman and the house was then reborn mother earth reborn so uh like old testament earth had been 
you know, flames, people had been killed. Like that's, yeah. that's the old Testament thing. And so that was God cleaning house. And now it's another attempt. And here we go again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it ends like it began. Yeah. Subtlety. Yes. Yeah. Subtlety. Yes. It's and, very nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> it just frustrated because I wanted to like this movie. I like probably half of Aronofsky's work. I love Requiem for a Dream. I like Pi. Um, I, I love The Wrestler. And uh, I I really really like Black Swan, so yeah. I like about half his work, maybe four out of his seven films. Yeah, I yeah. mean Noah was okay, but I I did not like it, and uh, I did not like the Fountain. I know Which Dan, I really liked. I know you really like it. I did not. I care didn't for care it. for the Fountain, but I also know that he was very curtailed on what he wanted to do. Yes. His hands so, were tied. Yeah. So like uh, I I kind of give him a pass on what I didn't like about that movie because I know things happen. But I think what it comes down to. <clears throat> And the fountain is a good example of this. And I and I, I think had he been giving more free reign with the fountain, uh, my guess is I probably would have liked it even less. Um, <laughs> I was going to say you probably would have liked it less. This movie is him right, on him because yeah. I really like. At the end of the day, I didn't find any of this profound. I feel like right. he thinks he's making some profound statement, and yeah. to me, it felt like freshman dorm room pot smoking philosophy like there was nothing school film class right and i'm just (laughs) like dude this isn't your first movie this is like your 15th movie and and you should be smarter than this and i just didn't think anything about it was smart it was very well made Mm -hmm. it was very well made he's a good filmmaker but uh but from uh like i think I think he thinks he's just blowing my mind with yeah. this, and I'm like, and 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 he's not. That, I felt the exact same way. I wanted to like this movie. Like I said, I like Aronofsky's work. It's a beautiful movie. The performances are great. I kept wanting to, and that's why for the last five days I've been reading, been trying right. to get people's opinions. I want to know if I missed something. I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Whatever. And at the end of the day, I just don't like it, and I I really wanted to, so I gave it a chance. Yeah. Um. But it wasn't as profound. He feels. I think he thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. Yeah. He also wrote this in five days, and he says the final product is very much what he wrote in five days, which well, shows you that. It, yeah. But it shows you that he had this fever dream. He had this imagery. He didn't budge from what he thought. And a lot of times, your dreams, like Tom said, are crazy. And when you're making a movie, maybe you should think through some of the plot <laughs> a little more. Maybe you should tell it a little differently. Well, but, it shows five days of thought because yeah, he's like, you know, yeah, this is God and, and Mother Earth is a house and man won't go away. Yeah, ah, this is right. That's itself. what I'm saying. So maybe, right. when you're making when you're yeah. making a thirty million dollar movie, yeah. maybe you should put more than five days worth of work into the script. I mean, I find this movie entirely fascinating, but I think it's more of like the not just the movie itself, but I find the reaction and the divisiveness. You're, like you're, I, I'm like, I feel like your fascination is that it exists at all. Yes, right? I like it's, I like I'm sitting back away from everybody, eating the popcorn and watching the whole show. Yeah, and, yeah. and the part of the show is like this is part of the show is like just right. to watch like the reaction. And when if I show this, this is the other movie like there's two other movies where it's like i would look forward to like uh kind of showing this to people and there's two other times i've done this where it's like the adventures of bear munchausen i remember like showing people and people are like did not know how to react because they're like what is happening right and another one uh, strangely enough is uh arm uh, evil dead 2 dead by dawn because i'm like people are like this is is it funny or is it a gross-out horror movie? And I'm like, it's both. Right. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Whereas this one is just sort of like, I'm just, it's more of like, what's the reaction to people I have? And to me, that's more of the experience than the actual movie itself. Right. Like, it's but this secondary. is not an accessible film. No. 
I mean, no, this is a total art house. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. brilliant filmmaker, visionary. I mean, this is not anything that general audiences that aren't film school students or lovers of cinema will enjoy. It, that's why it has an F on cinema score. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I will just admit it. Those people don't get it. Like even get what he's trying to do. It, right. The general audiences. I, I will say I like as much as it frustrates me. People like, you just didn't get it, man. Like I will say, I think most of those F's come from people who didn't get Absolutely. it. Yeah. And, and also like, but in their defense, they were, to- they, yeah. they were told you're going to see a horror movie and, and yeah, then they, they got tricked. that. So, they were tricked. so I mean, it's <laughs> also not fair to say you didn't get it. It's yeah. like, if, if, if you don't speak Aborigine and someone starts speaking Aborigine to you and no one told you that was going to happen, it only stands to reason that not only do you not understand it, but you yeah. don't even know that it's a language, right? You just think it's gibberish. Well, and, okay, it's like, you know, it, it, you know, in the 70s, if we all thought we were going to see, shout out to ourselves, uh, we all thought we were going to see Roller Boogie, and next thing you know, it turns into Apocalypse Now, right. we'd be like, well, that's weird, because I thought I was going to have roller skating and disco. Right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's what is happening here, is like, you yeah. think you're seeing people are being presented and they're being packaged a horror movie and it is not right and that's not aronofsky's <laughs> fault like no. I, you know, I feel i like as much as i didn't like this movie i also don't think it deserves an f no you know um and i think that you know he he got that f from cinema score solely because they the lied the, the marketing yeah. lied to people well, yeah they got tricked yeah, duped. It, it's hard. the The thing that I guess I really don't like about this movie is, see, I like surrealism. I like movies that are crazy. Like I said before, like the ending scene. If it were in a movie that wasn't just an allegory, if it had a good story, like we talked about to the Lord of the Rings parallel and being an allegory, I would have liked it a lot more because this is a great looking movie. I like weird stuff, but I don't think this is executed right, and I think it's doing a huge detriment to independent cinema and to Aronofsky in the future because this is just going to be one of those black marks from a Hollywood standpoint, not right. from the art house community. And from the public standpoint. That's what I mean. It's like, right. are we going to give Aronofsky another chance to go off the rails with $30 million and to work with Paramount and Warner Brothers? And, all, you I know? Can, all I can say is, one, probably not. Two, I can't wait for his Bloomhouse reinvention. <laughs> yeah. Because give this guy five yeah. million dollars and tell him go make a Bloomhouse movie. Yeah, You're, exactly. Like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, I, I I can't wait for that. Yeah, is he on a slow march to movie jail? Yeah, I I, I mean I don't know. I don't know. I I also wonder like when they gave him thirty million dollars to make this movie, what were they realistically expecting? They're getting a lot of press out of it. Yeah, you I know mean, they what? are getting a lot of press. It would have never happened without Jennifer Lawrence. That's true. No. This they gave, never... they gave him $30 million because Jennifer Lawrence signed yeah. on. That is That's his saving grace. It yeah. it would have not gotten the budget, may have not been a wide distribution type thing. Yeah. Um, they bait and switched. It's Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, and Ed Harris, point, Michelle though, Pfeiffer. At some point, you got to ask yourself, is that going to hurt Jennifer Lawrence right. when she makes true. her next mainstream movie? Yeah. Are people going to... Because, I mean, now, if you're just Joe movie going public... The last two movies you saw with Jennifer Lawrence were this and Passengers. Passengers. Hmm. Oof. Interesting. You know, and Passengers, I think people felt a little bit of a bait and switch on that movie, too. Yeah. Not to this degree. Yeah. Not to this degree. But but they felt like they were going to get a cute, warm and fuzzy, they fall in love in space story, and instead they get kind of a rapey romantic comedy. Go watch 
on YouTube, look up the nerd writer. He does video essays and the nerd writer has a re-edit where he went in and he edited the movie to where you learned that he had woken up. He had woken her up later in the movie yeah. instead of seeing it. And then he goes, plays basketball for 20 minutes, whatever, and then does it when you find out at the same time she does. And it's like a twist completely reinvents that movie. Like, yeah. The editing and the pacing has a lot to do with why that movie's bad. So, cause it's an interesting concept. It is an interesting yeah. concept. I just, they just, didn't yeah. they didn't have the courage of their convictions and right. they wanted it to be like but we all love Chris Pratt right yeah, yeah. And, no i mean i mean yeah. that movie like i was immediately like disinvested in that movie as soon as he like makes that decision it's like i don't like him yeah you yeah, know i just yeah and and chose and it, to not like the character anymore right and it and it floats along on, the, on his yeah. charms and whatever and, people whatever affection people maintain for the movie or the character it's because we like Chris Pratt so right. much, which is also kind of a scary thing about, tells us a lot about the psyche of the public that it's right. like, well, right. he's kind of a creepy rapist, but, yeah. but, um, but he's certainly a likable one. Right. So which we'll turn, said, when he so plays that, against type as a yeah. serial killer and everybody will applaud that yeah. when, but it, I, it, when I, it happens. I just find it fascinating that he does this horrible thing, but because he's likable, there's yeah. a good chunk of people that were willing to turn a blind eye to us, which yeah. I'm like, it no. says a lot. So, Dan, do you have a video recovery for us? I do. Um, If you really want to have a divisive movie with a lot of allegory and that makes people upset and people walked out way sooner, probably in the first five minutes, is um, uh, 1973's The Holy Mountain by Jodorowsky. If you have not seen this, I I would say Jodorowsky is clearly a major influence on Aronofsky. And that's why I was laughing because like people think they're seeing Polanski and they're seeing Jodorowsky. <laughs> I just watched Santa Sangra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that or El Topo. I yeah. mean, this is a guy who like these are and they're indulgent art art movies and, and if Holy Mountain is uh you've got like a Christ allegory, you've got, you know, this uh he's he's called the thief and he looks like Jesus. And you've got uh I mean, he I, steals our heart. <laughs> and uh, there's a. Uh, there's a sort of a dwarf amputee kind of that I want to say running around, yeah. stubbing around. <laughs> I don't know what you say. It's it's a they're visually very uncomfortable things. The movie mm-hmm. opens with this uh, sort of a priest figure who has two Marilyn Monroe um, like models, and he shaves her heads, and it's a very it's just it's a, an odd movie about. Um, Art it's, it's, and the it planets. sounds like, uh, uh, and I've never seen these movies, oh, they, so yeah. it sounds just what you're describing. It sounds like uh, very uh, earnest John Waters. Oh, this is this is. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, uh, John Rosky is a, f- a fascinating. You know, this is in the '70s. Like this guy, you watch these movies, and it's like they're in their own space. Right. Uh, there is like uh, uh, one scene that uh, a lot of the, I think most of the actors are on L- are on LSD. <laughs> um, and that's in the movie, yeah. and uh, because they there's uh, eventually the thief and the alchemist and the uh, guy uh, meet up with uh, seven people who represent the different planets, and they go on a journey, and it's all about the solar system and man's connection to the solar system. There's also a scene early in the movie where there's a, sort of a, um, a retelling of the uh, uh, history of Mexico, including all of the. Uh, I don't want to say this, uh, the the deaths on on you know what's it Quetzalcoatl okay yeah uh, uh, through lizards and frogs literally lizards and frogs in costume uh, <laughs> it, I mean it's so it's like 
If you think you're going to give this movie, if you're going to give Mother an F, I would like for you to tell me what you think of The Holy Mount. Yeah, that really sounds like something I don't want to watch. Oh, man. I mean, like, it, I literally, in the first, it's like, I'm like, here's a movie that, like, people are complaining about this movie. Yeah. Check out that. <laughs> but they weren't told that that movie was going to be The Exorcist. No, people knew going in. It's right. like, this guy is known yeah. for making movies. And there's certainly a market for movies like this. Oh, it's so a like, completely abstract. Yeah movie right but it's like but yeah but don't don't yeah. lie to people yeah and this is a guy who also uh tried to do dune oh okay jodorowsky's so, dune watch that which documentary. is a, a, a great documentary yeah the, he wanted a 14 hour version of dune with which probably Pink is appropriate yeah, yeah. Pink uh, Floyd was gonna do the music yeah, uh, yeah he wanted to cast all sorts of musicians in it yeah and, it's it's pretty um, fascinating but yeah the guy is definitely a visionary he ended up a lot of his dune stuff ended up in star wars and like uh-huh. a lot of his stuff that he invented was before other people and his dune stuff like floated around for a while and never got made yeah. and all of a sudden these things i mean geiger was involved yeah. uh-huh. there was a lot of stuff oh, that wow. popped up yeah. that was yeah. in jodorowsky's dune concept That's cool. but yeah, um, it didn't, didn't happen yeah. so i mean if you want to see it's like this isn't anything new. Aronofsky's not. Yeah, he didn't break it here. So yeah. if you really want to, you know, see where uh, an earlier version, check out that. Well, thank you. But Dan. Just don't get mad at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't lie to him. You warned people. No, no, so, no, no. So, uh, so that's it for this episode. I guess we'll go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. Uh, this is Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Grady sixty seven G R A N E Y. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can join the conversation online, and there's lots to talk about this week. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Brad has to say. <laughs> yeah. He loved this uh, movie. Well, he is wrong. That you, you, should, <laughs> you, you have been right to relegate him to crappy kids' movies. So, so uh, the My Little Pony movie? Yes. See it the movies. See it twice. Um, so you can join us at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. Join the League of Show Sharers while you're there, won't you? So what's the big movie next week? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. I haven't done the calendar yet. Well, then never mind. So we'll figure it out. We'll be back. We will be back. This movie didn't make us not like movies entirely. (laughs) So (laughs) we we, we shall return. So uh, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, Until next time, John discovers that Beatrice had been a writer. I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. I appreciate what you allow for me, and I just want you to be proud. I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine. This little light of mine, I'm finna let it shine.